Hola a todos, aquí estamos de nuevo otra vez para las entrevistas del bichólogo y hoy tengo el enorme placer de presentar a Alberto Pepe, él es físico, pero diréis, bueno, que hace un físico aquí en esta sección para biólogos, pero él es el creador de una herramienta eh, que se llama Autorea, es, creo que es una herramienta muy interesante que va muy enfocada a, a publicar o a facilitar todo el proceso de publicación para, para artículos científicos o para poner una investigación en general. Así que creo que puede ser muy útil a todos y por eso le he invitado hoy a estar aquí con nosotros. Hello Alberto, really nice to see you. Hola. <laughs> With Spanish. I know you speak a little bit of Spanish, but... Uh, Some Spanish. Some Spanish. But it's better that for, it's easier for both of us just, uh, to make this interview in English. So my readers, so my readers uh, have the chance to see that it's very important just to learn this language, this science language. Well, I have said to them that you are the co-founder of uh, Authorea. Uh, tell us about this uh, piece of software, Authorea, and uh, what is its purpose? Yeah, sure. So I, uh, first of all, as you said, I'm a physicist. Uh, my background is in astrophysics and information science. I did a, a lot of data science as well. And uh, I created the platform, I created Authoria because I, I needed it. So I was uh, a researcher myself. Uh, after doing a PhD and a postdoc, I was writing a lot of research papers and I realized that I was uh, struggling writing research papers. Uh, the entire process of writing papers and then publishing them was very slow, very inefficient. Uh, it was built on top of uh, very obsolete tools. Uh, so I decided to try and imagine what the future of scientific communication could look like. And uh, I said, well, if we had to like build a new platform that would allow uh, for the paper of the future, the scholarly article of the future to exist, what would it look like? And that's pretty much the beginning of Authoria. So I created it out of uh, personal frustration uh, with my own work, with my own uh, way of doing research. So I know that you have a few questions, but you know, just in a nutshell, Authoria is a collaborative editor, uh, mostly for researchers, scientists, students, anybody who's writing um, an article that is either going to be published or maybe it's an article for a class. So any uh, any document, it could be like one page, two page long, it could be very long, it could be a dissertation, anything that has citations and references, for example, so it, it cites external work uh, or anything that includes uh, mathematical equations, uh, tables, uh, and most importantly, also data and source code. In our new way of um, imagining the article of the future, like uh, science, the science of the future, uh, we think that data and code are going to be fundamental elements that are going to be included, that are going to be part of, the, uh, of the, the paper of the future. I think it's a great idea, very powerful, but uh, and it's, it's great that it just was born because the, the, one of your personal needs, I think, is, is a, a nice way to solve your, your own problems and to help uh, yeah. the rest of the researchers. Well, uh, you have said that it's a collaborative platform, but uh, uh, talk, uh, tell us about the main features that uh, we can find in Autoria. Yeah. So um, the 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 most the the platform itself is uh, an editor. So it's a word processor. 
the same way that you think uh, uh, Word or Google Docs. So it's a it's an online environment where you can where you can write text. And of course, in addition to a simple text, you can also make the text bold. You can make it italic. You can make lists. Uh, you can make quotes. So it allows you to uh, to write a very uh, um, uh, to allow it allows you to write, and also it allows a minimal set of features. Uh, for formatting, and we try and restrict the features to just the minimal set of features that are just what you need to write a, a scientific article. We don't allow you right now, for example, to like really change your font size or change your font type because that sort of stuff is actually not found in scholarly article. So we give a very restrictive uh, set of uh, tools and features. Um, if you've seen uh, or used a blogging platform called Medium, I don't know if you've seen it before, but the idea is that they also try and restrict the amount of stuff that you can do. And th the reason we do that, we put these restrictions because then we can actually allow the authors, the users to, f to focus on the content and don't worry too much about the format because the formatting, as I'll tell you in a second, actually happens afterwards. So uh, very basically, it is a it's a word processor. It's collaborative so that you can have multiple people writing at the same time, the same way that Google Docs works. So how is it different from Google Docs then? Um, the difference really comes uh, in three or four features and characteristics of the platform that are different from anything else. The first one is a citation tool. So if you're looking, for, for example, for a uh, a certain paper by a friend of yours or a colleague of yours or an important uh, biologist, uh, while you're writing, you can just click a citation button and that pulls up a search bar and you can type in uh, a keyword, an author name, anything you like, and we search the web. So we search every single paper uh, that is available out there and you're able to just click on it uh, or pick a couple of different ones select them, and then we create the citation uh, for you. The citation and the references. So you don't have to like go, go ahead and like create your own bibliography, assemble the references, format them according to a given style. We do all of that for you. And that's a very easy way to access citations from, you know, from the web. Uh, if you also use a citation manager, uh, things like EndNote, Mendeley, Zotero, we also integrate with all those tools so that we really make it easy for you to... Uh, to handle and find citations and references. So that's the first big feature that we offer. Uh, the second one is around uh, more technical content like mathematical equations. Um, you might, uh, there's some people in physics, for example, they use uh, LaTeX, which is a typesetting format, it, it, which is especially good for uh, mathematical notation. So if you want to insert snippets of LaTeX, you can also do so. And we have a very powerful engine that, again, renders everything to the web. So there's not compilation necessary. So everything is becomes a web page. Every article is a web page. Um, so uh, tables, mathematical equations. Um, then the other important thing that we have is the data hosting uh, idea. So um, uh, Every single article that you start in Authoria is a Git repository. Now, Git is a version control system that is used by developers, mostly software developers, to work together on, on code. And even though it's, it was really written for developers, for source code, we actually use it to version control uh, documents. So in other words, it's like something like track changes, the what Word has, but really 
built natively uh, inside the platform. This allows people to really see what's changed on a document, you know, uh, from the last time you logged in. So you can really, really easily see, you know, who's working on what and what's changed in the, in the document while you were not on it. Um, but this idea of like using Git also allows us to um, allows people to put more than just text and images into a document. So you can add things like data set. You know, if you have a, a data set uh, that it relates to your figure, you can add your data, and so your article becomes uh, an online document that um, first of all looks like a like a, a nice article it's on the web it's a web page you can link it and it's always the last version you don't have to like send a word document back and forth by email and in addition to text and images it also contains uh it can contain data source code and all the different materials that you might have produced um in you know in, in your research and the last thing i want to mention is that of course we also worry about uh, formatting and a lot of people, you know, when they're writing a paper, then they have to send it to a, to a journal. So we have a couple different ways to, um, to allow people to publish their work. Uh, they can, of course, publish it uh, uh, on Authoria, so they get a DOI, so they essentially publish their work and they can get cited for it. Um, or they can also submit it to a publisher. And just so you know, uh, we are now integrated with some... Uh, Journals. The first journal we integrated with actually is eLife, which is a journal in the in the life sciences. Uh, they publish a lot of biology um, articles, so you can automatically submit in just one click your paper to eLife. So you don't have to go to the submission system, put in all your metadata, all your author information, uh, uh, all your figures separately. We do all of that for you. So you just click a button and you submit directly your work to uh, to a journal and. Also, I should mention that uh, you don't have to like format your references according to a specific style and things like that, because we do all of that uh, we do in the back end. So we do it for you. You don't have to like worry about formatting your paper according to, uh, to a given style. So I know that there was a lot, but those are the main features that the platform offers. I think there are really good features. I think the, everyone who has uh, written on a scientific paper I think that we have we all have to struggle with a double check if the citation has its reference in the in the bibliography, and uh, then you send to a, a journal and it's uh, it's rejected. So you have to format again for the next one. So it's something that drives you totally crazy and make you lose tons and tons of time. So it's a it's a really 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 great way to to smooth all this uh, workflow and make it easy and, and saving a lot of time really really interesting features well you have told uh, you have told us about uh, why did you create authoria but uh, explain a little bit more how, how you make this problem you had uh, with your workflow and how you did you convert in this authoria thing what, what was the process that made you say damn i have to do something with this Mm -hmm. So um, I think that uh, a couple things happened. The, um, I think that I was doing a lot of, uh, in my own research, I was doing a postdoc at Harvard, that's like three years ago. And in my own research, I was doing a lot of data analysis. So I was using um, R, IPython notebooks and other tools to manage and uh, process my data. 
Uh, and I was also creating sometimes, uh, I was writing scripts uh, to uh, produce interactive visualizations. Um, I was using D3.js, which is a library to create very nice interactive graphics. Um, and what I was seeing is that I was spending a lot of time and I was really enjoying the process of working with data. But then the moment that I had to start writing a paper, all that beautiful visualizations that I created could not exist anymore because a publisher will only publish a PDF. So a PDF, unfortunately, is just a photograph of a piece of paper. It doesn't really have much more. You cannot do interactive stuff with it. Um, so I, uh, that's, I think, the, the, the spark, like the one thing that really pushed me uh, to like do something about it. I said, how is it possible that as a scientist, I'm spending most of my time working on data, but then the only way that I get credit for my work is by publishing a PDF that has no data. Like the most important part of my research, which is working with data, is totally absent from what gets published and gives me recognition. So um, that's that's the beginning of it. I said there must be a way to truly uh, have papers that con you know that contain data. You know to rethink papers and have them like be data driven, uh, executable um, uh, elements or components, whatever you want to call it. Well, it's uh, it's interesting. I think it's it must be it has it must have been, uh, it mustn't have been uh, easy just uh, to pass from this idea you have uh, how it should be just to to done it for real. So, what were the most important challenges uh, you had to face when you was when you were trying to create uh, Authoria? So, um, I. Um, my background is in physics, so I'm not a developer. I'm not a web developer. Uh, and uh, uh, what I did was I talked to a friend of mine uh, who's also not a web developer. He's a physicist like me. His name is Nate, and he's, uh, he's from California. So I met him a long time ago when I was working at CERN in Geneva. So I was doing um, high-energy physics work. And um, he was a good friend. And uh, I told him about the idea, and he, he was excited. He was excited about the idea. He Maybe at the time, uh, he did not have all the tools and all the technical knowledge to build a platform from the ground up. But he was excited about it. So he's more technical than me. He's much better than me at developing. Um, but he told me, like, hey, let's give it a try. Instead of, instead of trying to... Um, you know, spend too much time thinking about it. Why don't we just go ahead and like, we start building it. Uh, so he spent some time studying uh, Ruby on Rails, which is a, a platform for, um, uh, it's a programming language for building web apps. And uh, I really, I got into that as well. Um, and uh, we started developing together. Uh, I was mostly doing part of the front end and he was doing the back end uh, work. Um, and then with the passing of the time, he became so much more uh, capable than me. And, uh, you know, so it was natural for him to become the person that does most of the heavy lifting when it comes to development. And I was worrying a little bit more about the uh, all the other sides of the uh, um, of the project, uh, things like talking to you so that, you know, we get more people interested or, uh, talking to press 
uh, of course, running the business uh, and, uh, you know, doing marketing, PR. And uh, so that's 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 been the case since the very beginning. So for the last three years now, we've been working together. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we started off, just to summarize, we started off knowing uh, very little about web development. We, you know, but we're scientists, so I guess that we can figure things out. Uh, and then the team went from being just the two of us to uh, hiring um, our first engineer. And then from then on, we now we have a team of 10 people. Uh, and the vast majority of them are engineers, actually. So six out of 10 are engineers. And then we have one product, product person uh, and uh, one marketing person. But roughly, we're all um, we're a heavy engineering company. I see. It's an interesting journey. <laughs> but well, uh, uh, you just said that uh, you began as uh, from zero. I mean, you almost have no knowledge, and you have created something quite big and complex. But uh, I guess that the money must be important for this. How did you get the funding to to do all this stuff? Because I mean, you you are a, a physicist and. Uh, the other co-author is also true. So you need some something, some money to get uh, to get some money for for all this stuff. And I, I guess it's not is it's not cheap. Yeah. So um, we uh, initially, uh, I tried to uh, to get funding from um, from an academic or research based uh, environment. So I applied for two different grants. Uh, um, I think it was a NASA grant and an NSF grant. So some, I tried to get uh, money from you know the American government, pretty much. Uh, but the, my proposals didn't go through; they got rejected. Um, and actually, I was very annoyed that the reviews that I got uh, uh, from the from the uh, from NSF and NASA were very disappointing. Like they lacked to see the potential and the vision of what we're trying to do. So I said, well, you know, if I cannot make this work from within academia, then I can probably try and make academia better from outside of academia. So I, I looked around, I was really um, motivated and I really wanted to, to do this, to make this happen. Um, so it clearly was not easy to like leave academia because my, even my, uh, my work and my the fact that I was here in the States was linked to the fact that I had an academic job. I had a job at Harvard and they they were, you know, they were taking care of my visa, my healthcare, my salary, everything. So I I started exploring around to see whether there there were other routes of uh, starting a company uh, without, you know, having it as a as an academic project. And uh, I came to New York from Boston, and I looked around for uh, for investors. So I also had to learn a new thing besides development. I also had to learn about how to raise money uh, from uh, angel investors, from venture capital firms. Uh, and the the great thing is that I actually could convince some investors that this is a very solid. It's not only something that is good for science and academia, but he also has a solid uh, uh, business uh, backing. So there's a, there's an important business um, uh, that can be built around this. And and that's actually a great thing. A lot of people, uh, you know, from the academic 
uh, environment to think that it's it's not a good idea to like blend you know business with a- academia and science. But I am actually opposed to that idea, uh, and I'll tell you why. Just two things. First of all, I think that um, it's a great thing that private investors are so interested in making science and academia better. Uh, if, you know, of course they do it because there's like a business opportunity, but the fact that they believe in a mission to like make science more modern, that's a great thing. And the second part that I think is good is that um, uh, I think that if, if, if a business is sustainable, so if it actually can run uh, by itself, that's a great thing. And it's the best way to ensure uh, long-term stability. Uh, of course, we don't want to make a product that people use and then, you know, a year from now, we're not around anymore. Um, that's bad because, you know, of course, there's no more product in a year and people that were actually using it and liking it, then they're, they don't have it anymore. And unfortunately, a lot of projects that are built on top of a uh, grant money, whether it's like, you know, the National Science Foundation or the European uh, European Union, a lot of times they just, you know, emerge, you spend a lot of time and resources and then they die away. But having a business that runs on its own actually is the best way to ensure um, long-term stability. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I ended up doing. I, I found some, uh, some, um, some venture capital firms and we ended up raising money and, uh, and that's how we could jumpstart a company to where it is today. I think it's a great thing you have said that uh, you pass over these rejections and then you just keep trying and trying and finally you got it and, and yeah because you were very confident about that about the project and uh, and you know that it was very good for for research mm-hmm. in general for yeah. science just to to improve the the way the, the things are done just I think it's something that uh, we, we all must have in mind that uh, we are going to suffer rejections especially in science, when you are trying to publish, you're always being rejected in many in many journals from time to time. So uh, I think it's something that is a part of uh, our job. I mean, it's also a part of our job, just keep trying and trying. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Authoria is, uh, as we have said, is a collaborative, collaborative platform from, uh, specialized in, specialized in uh, publishing, publishing uh, research. Mm-hmm. But uh, what about your strategy, your own strategy to write a good paper? What can you tell us about? Because I, I, I guess you have, uh, well, you and your team have studied the, all the workflow to to publish. So, what, what can you say about the, how you do how you do the things? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we observe a lot of users uh, writing research, and uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I can give like a. Uh, you know, uh, comprehensive, like, you know, results on our analysis of like, you know, watching users write uh, research papers. Uh, what I can say is like just, you know, a few tips. First of all, uh, it, there are tools today to write truly together at the same time. And, uh, you know, I think that we built our practices, our writing practices around the fact that a lot of times, you know, um, we, you know, we didn't have tools to write together. So uh, writing a research paper, you know, which is something that really you can do in like in a couple of weeks, it would end up taking a couple of months or even more sometimes. And a lot of times this happens because like, uh, you know, you work on the paper, nobody else can touch it. And then you send it to your co-author 
and you're like, okay, now now it's you work on it for a week because then I have to send it to the third person. And then by the time you know if there's a little bit of delay, the third person by that time is already on vacation, so the whole thing ends up taking like much longer. So I encourage people to actually write uh, at the same time. You know, like if there's a powerful version control system, then you can truly write at the same time and keep track of like who's working on what and what things are being done so that's that's the first uh, tip i can give um the second one is of course about um, uh, um data support i mean the, the entire idea why we built uh, a platform uh, like authoria was to like allow people to share their data so i think that you know this is an important tip if if as a as a biologist as a scientist if you share your your data, uh, sometimes there's a there's a uh, there's a sense of like, oh, if I share too much, somebody else is gonna, you know, I'm gonna get scooped. You know, somebody else is gonna do the research that I'm gonna do. However, there's an important component. If you share your data, you also increase your visibility. Like you have more chances to be discovered and for your work to be cited. So a paper that contains data is more than a paper that has no data because like he has more information uh to um uh that a lot of other people will find useful um and i guess that a third component uh, about writing that i probably should like recommend is that um a lot of a lot of people a lot of scientists don't know that they can um uh, they can uh, already make the dream of open access a reality today. Now, there's a lot of talk about open access, which means, you know, we need to make sure that all the scholarly knowledge uh, that we produce as academics, as scholars, need to be openly available to everybody for free. Um, and of course, there's a, you know, there's a, an ongoing uh, battle going on, or maybe a war, you might say, with journal publishers to try and find a solution, you know, um, that that works uh, that uh, that allows publishers to uh, still exist and at the same time for uh, for scholars to you know to get published and get their work out in the open. Um, but there's a, there's a way to actually you know even in the current system uh, for you to publish your work and you can publish in like any journal whether it's open or closed and there's a way for you to make your work openly available and it's by depositing a preprint. And a preprint is literally just the version of your paper before it's it's been accepted. Uh, so the very last version of your paper can always be shared. And the great thing about Authoria is that if if your paper was written on Authoria, then you already have the last version of your paper, and it's it's already there. You all all you have to do is make it public, and then all of a sudden you have an open public version. Um, of your article, even if it gets uh, then published in a closed journal, you might send it to uh, Springer, Elsevier, uh, it gets published, it's in a closed journal. However, you have an open public version of your article uh, available to everybody for free on the web. And most importantly, it's fully legal. Uh, you have the right to do that. Um, and a lot of scientists don't know that. So it's important to like, let people know that, um, I think it should be the most important thing that you do as part of your writing to make sure that like you create an open version of your, of your work. 
I think that's very important. Uh, it's, I think it's something we have to change in, in, in the academia that uh, it's sometimes really hard to, to, to get all these articles available. So many, many young researchers that they don't have money enough, they just have to try to do research with no access to the to the papers they need. So I think it's it's important to know that uh, you can use your preprints just uh, to get or to yeah. get them available. So I think it's very interesting. And also I think it's it's important uh, what you have said about this uh, version history you know, that you can know what's the last version because I think we all have suffered also this uh, final version one, final version one B. Final version, the final one, and yeah. one and again and again, and it's always a crazy thing yes, yeah. uh, to get these uh, versions in order, especially if you are just collaborating with many people that you send mm. uh, to one of the co-authors, and then he sent back another paper that is different to the one who has sent the other co-authors. So I think it's, uh, these collaborative tools are very, I mean, it's not just they are, very efficient and very good. I think they are essential for, for us, for researchers. Yeah. And well, we have been talking about uh, publishing in, in the academia, and, uh, but uh, what do you think about the high pressures that uh, there, are, there are always in, in the academia for, for publishing? I mean, you have to publish, 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 and do you think that's uh, too much? And it's, or do you think it's the way it must be? And do you think that it can be affecting the quality of the papers? It's what's better, the, a big amount of paper or uh, little papers but with high quality? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's like many different trends uh, going on. Clearly, like the number of papers, there, the published papers per year has increased over time. Uh, and a lot of people like are now complaining about like too many papers being published that you know, uh, we need to like realign the incentive system so that maybe we need to publish a little less, but you know, focus on quality rather than than quantity. Um, I mean, I am, uh, you know, I'm I'm of course like uh, uh, since I run a project that is about writing papers, of course, like I'm I'm in favor of like more papers. Uh, at the same time, I also think that like uh, going forward in the future. I think that the, the actual the incentive system is going to change a little bit and is maybe going to be um, uh, not so much built as it is today around uh, citations alone, uh, but it's going to be also around uh, reuse. So what I mean by that is that um, if research papers will have more and more data and uh, um, they will be they will become more than uh, just a PDF with like, you know, with information and some results, they will be like, think of research papers in the future as a, a recipe to make with, with all the ingredients on for how, you know, all the ingredients to make something to get your results done. So in other words, I think that there's going to be much more reproducible research uh, being published in the future. And if papers become this executable, reproducible uh, objects, then you, in, you know, in addition to studying how many times a paper is cited by someone else, you can actually see how many times a paper uh, was reused. So how many times, you know, if you have like a great paper that tells you, you know, how to get from point A to point B, how to get to these results, um, then even if you don't get the results that you wanted, but it's still, you're sharing with someone a workflow, 
that entire workflow, which you could include data and code, could be useful to someone else, maybe even in a different field entirely. Uh, and that's, that's a great um, example of reuse, which is uh, fundamentally a new thing. It's like, it's more than a citation because someone is telling, you know, is telling you not only I, you know, this is important work, but I'm using that work to actually get somewhere else. So it's the idea of like really building on top of each other's work to like increase and, and, and bring science uh, to the next level. So I think that that's, that's the future trend that I'm seeing. And as I said, I, I hope that going forward, uh, you know, the, the system will fix itself in a way, you know, I don't know if it's going to be about quality or quantity, but somehow we'll get to a point where the notion of paper will change a little bit and we'll have to track more metrics, uh, not just, you know, how many papers you publish in X top journals that are cited X uh, Y number of times. Yeah. Yes. I think in the, in the last years it's getting a little bit crazy about citations. And I think mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, a little bit more complex. And, uh, and I think it's also with these pressures that there are lately, there are not so many uh, replicates of, of, a, of a research. So we are, we are not really validating that this is supposed to be in science. So I think it's, it should be like more in the line you are talking about that you can publish not only your, your uh, paper or your article, that, uh, but also the data and all the process of all the people can collaborate. I mean, it's, it's not that they are going to steal you, but they are going to co-create with you. You are a part of it also. So I think yeah. it's, a, it's a very nice point of view, and I think science should be at least uh, reinventing that way a little mm -hmm. bit. So uh, you have, we have been talking about this uh, uh, sharing data and, and the, this fear that sometimes to well, maybe one is going to steal my data or so. Well, uh, do you think there's too much secrecy uh, in these days uh, to avoid uh, this uh, to be a scoop, or do you think it's uh, the, the the mind is changing and people is beginning to share their data? Yeah. So I mean, I get that question a lot, right? I mean, we uh, at Autoria we're big proponents of open access and also open science. Open science is the idea that in addition to sharing, you know, your final paper, which could be a PDF, you should also share all the components, every single object that was part of your research process. Um, of course, we encourage people to write in the open, in, in public. And a lot of, you know, a question that I get all the time is, well, if I, you know, if I share all my, uh, my article before it is published, somebody's gonna, I'm gonna get scooped, somebody's gonna use my research and publish before me somewhere else. And the reality is that um, I think that the opposite is true. So uh, if you actually write everything in the open and you share your data and you use a platform like Authoria that actually uh, is on the web and is like fully version controlled so that you even have a timestamp proving that you wrote what you wrote and that you contributed data at a certain point in time, well, that that's the actual proof that you were the first one doing something. Cause like you have, you know, there's a Git repository in the back end that is tracking all the versions. And so you know exactly what the, uh, the provenance of a, of a research result is fully documented. Uh, so I think that that's the best way to actually prove that you are the owner of an idea. However, 
if you do things in a closed private environment, uh, then if you get scooped, if actually gets, if someone gets your data, well, then they can actually like, they can go ahead and like publish it somewhere else. And then you have no control. You have no way to actually prove that you were the first one uh, doing something. So I think that there's clearly a cultural uh, um, change that needs to happen. And I think that it's, with you know, I we see that trend with younger and younger people that are now, you know, the young people that are becoming PhDs or postdocs that have that come from a a, a mindset uh, that is is all about sharing. You know, they use social media and they use uh, you know new platforms that are built around the idea of sharing. So I think that science will will follow that that sort of trend that you know sharing doesn't necessarily mean that you're uh, you're giving your research away and you're losing um, ownership on on your on, on your ideas so that's I, I think that that's that's the way forward and that's the way to like uh, avoid discussions around you know uh, secrecy and like oh my data was stolen you know, what do I do I, I mean I think that's that's my hope of course there's some data that cannot be shared because like it's it's actually like for ethical purposes for example or for privacy issues sensitive information of all kinds and in uh, of course authoria is not just about writing in the open you can of course cr- make your uh, articles private at any point in time and uh, we're um, we're very much concerned we're paranoid about security and privacy so we make sure that like if you make your article private it's fully private it's not indexed by any search engine it's not available to anyone but just to you so so uh, uh, one question about this uh, can you um, write your paper in uh, private and then uh, for example with this uh, fi- with this final preprint make it public exactly yeah that's what a lot of people do they start their paper in private and then when uh, when they submit it to a journal they open up uh, the paper and uh, they put in the, you know, they, you can also add publication information. So you can say it was submitted to, you know, eLife. Uh, and uh, and then once it gets accepted, you know, you change your the metadata so that you can, you know, you can do that fully transparently. Yeah. Really nice. So uh, Anthoria also has, uh, I mean, it's, it's a platform that you can use for free with some limitation, but totally for free with uh, all the features. But uh, in what circumstances uh, do you think it could be interesting for uh, for anyone, like for example the the people who read this blog, to get a premium plan for Authoria? What does uh, it offer? Yeah. So uh, I mean, as you said, the platform is uh, free uh, to use. Anybody can sign up and create unlimited articles um, on on the platform. The you know uh, we charge for premium uh, features. So there's some extra features that we charge for. And uh, the features are, first one, the most important is private hosting of your articles. So if you sign up with a free account, you get only one private uh, document. If you need more private documents, um, then, you know, that's what we charge for. So, you, you know, you, uh, you, have, to, you have to create a, um, as you, you make a subscription and you get unlimited private articles. So the first one is private hosting. 
And then there's a couple of other ones. The, um, one is uh, the ability to issue, to create a DOI for your papers. Now, I don't know if people are familiar with the idea of a DOI. It's a digital object identifier. So it's a, it's a, the, the stamp that you put on a, on, a, on, a, on a paper, on a document, that it's published. So it allows other people then to cite your paper because a DOI is the... Uh, it's the similar thing as uh, books have ISBN, which is a number that uh, you know uh, identifies uh, with a persistent identifier the, the that book. And the same thing happens for research papers. So you can now issue DOIs for papers on Authoria. So, for example, if you have a student paper that is like three, four page long and you think it's valid work and needs to be published, you can do so, and you can do so on Authoria. And if you have a premium account, you can get, um, you, you, you can, you can do so. You can publish directly your work on, uh, on Authoria. And the third one is you get more storage space. So, um, if you have a large paper with a lot of collaborators and a lot of data that you want to add, uh, you get up to like one gigabyte in storage if you get a premium account. So that that's pretty much the uh, that's that's the plan. We also collaborate with universities and research institutions. So uh, you know we we can we can give we can put an entire group or lab or a department on a on a group organizational account. I think that's pretty interesting because many maybe some people cannot afford just to pay for a premium plan, but maybe they the group or the, the university can just. Uh, get this uh, lab uh, license or something like this. I don't know how you call it. And it mm -hmm. is pretty, pretty interesting that you collaborate with the university, not just with researchers. Yeah. So we have been talking about the features that uh, you have now in Authoria, but what about the roadmap for it? Uh, are you thinking about to implement uh, some new characteristics in the near future? If you can talk about them, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's yeah, we're very open. We actually publish an open roadmap where we talk about you know what's coming next. Uh, uh, to be honest, like we spent the entire year last year, 2016, working uh, obsessively on the product to make sure that we build something that users want. And uh, for the next few months, we'll still be focused very much on the core product, which is the editor. So we need to make sure that we make Uh, we make it really easy for people to import their work, to write from scratch, and to have like a, an amazing collaborative experience while they're writing, uh, and then being able to like publish their work to uh, where, it, where it is on a journal or on our platform. Um, so for the next few months, still the focus is going to be on usability and really like trying to make the product as snappy, usable. Uh, and uh, uh, s smooth as possible. Um, at the same time, we do have, of course, like a lot of plans for uh, for uh, for the future. The I'll, I'll probably just say a couple of different things. Uh, the, the first one is that right now we have a, an explore page where you can, you know, it's uh, right now it's just a list of articles that were either published in some journal, so. Uh, Uh, but they were written on Authoria, so you know they're you know it's, it be becomes a portal for articles that were published, say in Science, Cell, eLife, and then there's an open version on Authoria. So that's that's really important. And then you can also uh, visualize articles that are in progress, so that are being written in the open, and you know they're work in progress. 
The idea is to make that explore page much more powerful so that uh, we're going to add a search function, for example, so that you can search like, you know, uh, for articles being written in epidemiology, for example. Um, so we're going to add a search functionality that would, of course, that will uh, bring readers to the platform so that they can actually like see what's new uh, or what's been published in a given topic. So we'd like to make that a place where you get to see what's what's new in science, what people are writing. Um, and I think that going forward, the idea is to really try and encourage collaboration even more. So the idea is that if you see that there's a new work, a new project or paper being written around a certain topic, uh, you can request access to the project and start working with people uh, that you don't know. So the idea is to really like push people to collaborate more rather than compete. Uh, you know, our entire idea is to like make collaboration, you know, the most important part feature of, uh, of science. So, uh, going into the future, like that explore page that I'm talking about will become our homepage, like the most important page where you can see, um, new stuff that is being worked on and, uh, you can read, explore, uh, find new stuff and, uh, work on new projects. So that's, that's, I think like the most exciting thing that we can, uh, we can offer to, uh, to users in the future. I think you have a very nice uh, philosophy with uh, Authoria. I think always that uh, I think that uh, science has been always more uh, a matter of uh, collaboration than competition, like it seems to be lately. So I think it's yeah. we need to shift again uh, to this cooperation. So I think that you are going you are going to offer a very very nice uh, tool for this. Well, to end this interview, as I usually do, I just want to ask you for advice to, for the readers of the blog. Any kind of advice you can uh, say to them. You are an entrepreneur, you are a scientist, you have publishing, and you have made a really nice tool for for publishing. So give an advice for uh, for our reader, please. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll just probably like have two uh, pieces of advice. Uh, the first one is that, I mean, I... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a former scientist. I'm now an entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, becoming an entrepreneur was not easy. I guess that for a lot of scientists, they see that as a big barrier. But, uh, you know, my, my basic advice is, um, you know, if, if, uh, if any of the readers of the blog are interested in uh, starting a company and moving from academia to entrepreneurship, it's, uh, it's, it's not an easy path, but it's definitely a path that, you know, anybody who's motivated by by a great idea can take so the most important part is the idea uh if i would say don't become an entrepreneur just because you want to become an entrepreneur but become an entrepreneur because you have you see a problem that is worth fixing and uh then try and fix it i mean the it's uh, running a business actually comes with uh with a with a lot of like um you know there's there's so much that you get so much energy that you get out of uh building a company from, you know, from, from scratch. Um, and, uh, the second piece of advice is of course about, uh, uh, publishing. I already, uh, of course I encourage readers to try out, uh, try out the platform and like send us feedback. Uh, definitely our plan is to build something that, you know, people that the readers of the blog want. So, uh, 
we're you know we're absolutely open to uh, to criticism and feedback uh, and ideas for new features or something else that we can do. Uh, but you know, probably the most important piece of advice that I gave before is that when using a tool like uh, like Authoria, like the most important uh, most important like advice that I can give is to always uh, publish and make open a version of, of your work. And, and even though like, you know, a lot of people, as I said before, think that publishing, um, blocks you from, from opening up a version of your work. That's not true. You have as an author, as a scientist, you have the rights, uh, to all the work that you did until a paper was accepted for publication. So, uh, we can make the world much more open and make open access a reality already today if we share the versions of our work. Uh, and of course, if those versions also have include data and interactive visualizations, then we can truly like to start making science a little more modern and uh, interactive. So that's, that's my basic advice for, for the readers of the blog. Very interesting advice. Well, Alberto, thanks very much. Uh, thanks very much for your time, uh, for the yeah, perfect interview. And for uh, give us this really really good uh, tool for science and for, for publishing, really nice to meet you, and we are we'll keep in contact. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks.